Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com Welcome to the show that is your official place to tune in to follow the end of days, which we are now in the middle of. We'll be <laughs> counting down uh, till the end of time when the world is on fire, which shouldn't be soon. And yay, let's go. Go right. team. Let's get it all this, now. Right? Uh, I'm going to get a sponsor for it, but um, Good idea. for the time being, just to look through the news and to try to make sense of it is just a daily challenge. So we're trying to pare down the BS and get to the things that are fun and and uh, important to you. And we'll carry on with that here on this Tuesday, last day of February 28th. It's a short month, you see. It's a long story. If you haven't gotten that in your head by now, we can't go into it at this point. <laughs> so figure it out. The big news is the announcement of the Beale Street Music Festival. After four years not in Tom Lee Park, it is back in Tom Lee Park on the riverfront. Now, it remains to be seen how this is going to all fit and work in that park. Uh, three stages are planned still for a park that's about half the size of what it once was. And the Blues Tent will be in Handy Park on Beale Street. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. And parking and uh, all of those associated things, we will discuss with our friend Jim Holt, who's the CEO of Memphis and May. And we're going to do a special interview with him later on this week and answer, uh, have him answer some of those questions. The comments, uh, as usual, are mixed. Some folks wouldn't like it if they had the Beatles. Um, <laughs> but some people um, think that it's really, it is a very diverse, which is the point, uh, mixture of artists from all forms of the music industry. Uh, on the main stages, the headline acts, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. How could Yay. that not be yeah, great? That's great. I'm going to go in here and find, there's a version or two of them doing some uh, Zeppelin tunes. And we'll get some of those in our system. Uh, 311, the Lumineers, uh, live, Earth, Wind, and Fire. A band that I encouraged them to get, and they did, Young the Giant. The Roots, Quest Love and the guys. Government Mule, the Toadies, Ziggy Marley, Glorilla. Gary Clark Jr., a fantastic guitar player. Young the Giant, Hailstorm, The Struts, and this goes on. The Toadies, um, uh, Los Lobos, Keb Moe, a bunch of folks for the uh, big blue stage in, in uh, Handy Park. But all of this information is on our uh, Facebook page. Info on tickets available. You can get to that. There's a link that Sid has up on the uh, big poster picture of all the artists that are on it on our Facebook page. So ticket information is available there. There's a link to click to get to it. And I would, uh, this is not hype. Tickets have been on sale since December for this thing. So with the park being a limited size, this will most assuredly sell out all three days of it. So if you're really into going to this, you should probably hop on it now and grab your tickets because the capacity of the park is not what it used to be. 
And we have to wonder about how they'll be stopping construction of this new new venture down there. And if there'll be a, a, a bulldozer on stage for Robert Plant to stand on to sing. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He deserves one. <laughs> well, it's, it's just going to be weird. But it's in Tom Lee Park, first time in four years. Is it the last? Many questions revolve around this. But I guess at, at this point... The best move is to focus on the positive and the optimistic uh, fun to be had at the legendary Beale Street Music Festival. Tom Lee Park, May 5 through 7. Again, ticket info is on their site. A link to it on our Facebook page and all the social media that we put up yesterday. And so you can see it all there. And um, a lot of folks commented and liked and shared and some bitched, but that's the nature of people. So uh, we will look at it and uh, have and play some songs by the bands that are going to be here from now until the day that this all happens, about two months away. So I can't wait. Th- I, it'll be fun. I um, um, it's going to be a different look in that park, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But we're going to find out uh, where we go with this from there. Let's discuss. Uh, let's what's happening in the local area. Uh, college basketball is a big deal. Right now, March Madness looms. Conference tournaments are next. The Memphis Tiger basketball team, at one point, it was shaky of how they would be in it or not. They've won four straight, and by all accounts from all the experts, and God, are there enough experts. Lordy Lord, the Tigers are from a 9 to an 11 seed. That is the projection at this point. They have a few games left. One of them is number one, Houston, at home. So this all begins before the AAC tournament, and then they will be on the big Sunday a selection thing. I guess that's March 12th, too, the same day as the Oscars. They'll be doing all the the brackets and all that stuff. So the, the Tigers appear to be in pretty good shape. They've improved their position. They're ranked like 33rd or 4th in the country based upon all these all the data and the analyzing of the stats and all that stuff. So uh, they'll be in, it appears, and we can uh, get more into that as the season winds down and tournament time begins. So that's a positive thing for, for Tiger basketball fans. Mm-hmm. One thing to look at, too, um, Sid put up a thing on our Facebook page a bit prematurely, uh, but she was just, I guess, kind of fired up. Uh, exhibition games began on Friday and ran all weekend long. The big day is opening day, which I believe is a Friday, March 31. A few games in that April 1st is the full slate of games for the 2023 season. There's a story last night on the news about this, and Sid had uh, the, the story pulled up. They are trying some of these new changes in spring training to get the players conditioned to the new pitch clock for one thing. Uh, Pitchers have 15 seconds with nobody on base to get their pitch out of their hand, the ball uh, headed toward the plate. If there's a runner on base, they get 20 seconds. There's also a clock on the batter. I think he has to be in the box and set. Um, some of these things are lacking in, in clarity, but there are other things being involved as well. 
what this story says is how much time and the intent of these changes is to make these games go faster. Baseball games average about three hours. And for TV watching, if it's on in the background, that's one thing. Uh, but to be in a game that's that long, it gets a little tiresome. And <laughs> folks want to see offense. So they have proven so far, after a week of play, how much time these clocks have taken off the length of a game. What does that story say in, in summary, Sid? Well, it has helped cut more than 20 minutes from spring training games through the first 23, weekend. 23, anyway. I think. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, so I guess in, the average was about three hours, uh, one minute last spring or so, and now it's down to two hours and 39 minutes. That's more like it. Um, <laughs> I saw some players right, interviewed, ready. and they didn't seem to be annoyed by it. They're just trying to get used to it. Yeah, but it yeah. will stop all this getting off the rubber, on the rubber, getting you know playing with the ball and spitting and you know grabbing your cods and j right. just j just pinch the ball. Saying hi to your mom. And, yeah, and that's yeah by grabbing your nuts. That's always a really good hey mom. <laughs> uh, but it is um, having an effect already. So uh, that one will be fun to watch too. But they they have a month to get this honed and get it get used to it uh, and pitchers. I'm not sure if they've complained, but it's it's tough because there's a clock right there, as there is in a football game and a basketball game, and they have to operate within those confines. So let's sit back and watch how that affects the game, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But if it moves it along, that's probably better for everybody who's mm -hmm. watching and or playing. It makes you move it and get things going. So we shall see how that goes. Locally... In other areas of interest, the airport is getting more money for more upgrades. This is a federal funding, I believe, because it involves a bunch of other airports in other states, a billion dollars. What's the money for in Memphis, Wesley? In Memphis, the Memphis-Shelby County Airport Authority has said that they're going to be using this grant to reinvent, they say, the airport's uh, ticket agent, uh, ticketing area and the baggage areas. So they've got $15 million to do that. Uh, another smaller regional airport in Millington got a million dollars. This was all part, you know, like you said, of uh, $967 million in funding for airports from this uh, new infrastructure law. Okay, so that's a good thing. More, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, more dough for the airport to be prettier and more functional. We'll take that all day long. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Well, that's uh, that's that's part of what's happening. There are many other things. Uh, we'll get to some entertainment news, news about Justified and the new season that was that has been coming uh, for about a year now, and where they are with that situation. News about books and cartoons um, and the changes that are being imposed upon them. Uh, Dilbert, very popular cartoon, always one of the ones that I read when, back when we had newspapers. Remember them? Uh, and the guy that writes and um, that cartoon is he did a really dumb thing. And at first I thought the nature of that cartoon is a bit cynical and and funny this wasn't funny and he just ended his entire career it's a damn shame but he um, I don't know what he was on or what he was thinking but it was a bad call 
So that is in the entertainment news, as are many other things of note. And we'll get to them um, in a few minutes. And also, there's just some other kind of fun stuff. The Tooth Fairy is being drugged down by inflation. Oh, really? <laughs> how can we have, how can this, it was a quarter when I was a kid. Ditto. And then mine got a dollar, maybe. Now you won't believe how much this costs. It's just crazy. And the Tooth Fairy is having to, I guess, steal money to take care of all these kids because it's just <laughs> getting out of hand. It's out of control. In the meantime, here are a couple of bands playing on the Beale Street Music Festival. First, this should be really fun to watch because you can see some of their shows on YouTube. And Robert Plant and Alison Krauss together, it's they their voices work like they were meant to be, and they were meant to be. And their album from what, a decade ago was a giant hit. They came back and tried it again. Didn't gel that time. They waited they waited and came back again and tried it and it worked. And here's one of the songs from that most recent album. Robert Plant, Alison Krauss, Lumineers after that. This is Drake Digital. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at DrakeHallMemphis.com. Things are tough all over for a lot of people. There's, you know, money issues, the economy, there's inflation, blah, blah. We hear it endlessly and you're affected by it, which you likely know when you go to the store to buy anything. Interest rates are high on buying homes and cars, and it's a, uh, a day-to-day change, and uh, no one knows anything. You just watch it unfold and unfurl, and if you're losing money, um, the advice you're always given is to just wait it out. It always comes back. It always has. So the it's very volatile, and it will be the entire year is the suspicion and the forecasting of those that seem to know what they're talking about. Warren Buffett being the lead guy that speaks about this in English and not doesn't do overcomplicated discussions. But when it gets down to things like, like the Tooth Fairy, we have some serious problems. This chart in front of me goes back only to about the year 2000. At that time, kids were getting a dollar a tooth. Now that was probably in place in the 90s, 80s, and so forth. But now, the tooth fairy is not immune to inflation. The value of a single lost tooth at a record high. The average gift under the pillow in the morning of the toothless <laughs> little child. Six yeah. bucks, 23 cents under your pillow. <laughs> All right, six twenty-three. Some kids are getting five. Why not just a quarter? Up and up from five thirty-six in twenty twenty-two. First of all, parents are not putting change under the pillow. No, (laughs) right. That's a whopping two hundred and seventy-nine percent increase from nineteen ninety-eight when a lost tooth fetched a buck thirty on average. Now these numbers obviously are, are it's either a dollar or it's five. Right. They aren't yeah. putting pennies under there to make this the national average. <laughs> no. That's just how they... Uh, Delta Dental did a poll you know, in uh, this past year. It's coming. It's ahead of National Tooth Fairy Day, 
today. So go by Walgreens and grab you a card from the Hallmark people yep, for National yep. Tooth Fairy Day. The <laughs> average amount parents are, do, are are doling out for a single tooth up over last year by 16%. Can you really involve inflation in, in this discussion? Well, because like the kid's well, going to know. I mean, well, yeah. I, mine was born in 2007, and I guess the Tooth Fairy always brought him a dollar, and then it, it did increase to five toward the toward the end of the losing of the of the you know baby teeth but okay. 623 what well i mean drake you were getting a, a quarter you could do more with a quarter than than you can do with a quarter now <laughs> <That's> so, <true. laughs> that's a good point yeah yeah but uh the south had the highest tooth value uh in the country <laughs> a, a because Kids and people and have no teeth in general. That's Having okay. four is a plus and a bonus. <laughs> but little kids can't help it because they just fall out. The adults don't get anything under the pillow for a lost tooth. If they did, they'd be rich in the South. In the West, the average was up about 50%, six bucks and a quarter. But it's gone up everywhere across America. Uh, kids are getting money. For a lost tooth, and in some cases, a physical gift for each tooth they lose. What kind of gift? Some bridge work? <laughs> no clue. That's... I don't know. Another toothbrush. One of them, you know, screwed in teeth yeah. things, bolted into your head? I, I don't know. Ow. But that is a real story. Uh, and this continues on way too long. Uh, the average value of the first tooth, 7 bucks 29 cents. So the first one's a big party. Did any of, did anybody out there ever do the tie a string to a door thing and have it slammed to pull the tooth out? I didn't. That's just think, movie bullshit, right? I think so because I think I was gonna. I remember us trying it on me, and I was too scared, and it just wasn't loose enough, probably. And then all of a sudden, it's you know, it just comes out. But and I'm like, well, that's I'm never trying that now because it's just gonna come out by itself. I just, I remember that being an unpleasant thing. You know, just kind of you know I'm yank sure. it out. Um, well, it, it, the last line here, given these projections, it would be in the tooth fairy's best interest to invest in a larger purse. <laughs> that came out of the mouth of somebody that's an adult uh, involved in dental planning across America. Thank you. I will say. Fairy. If you're lucky as an adult, you get a gold crown on your tooth if you're really good, like me. Boy, here come the, here's the invasion. Okay, duck. Quack. Between birds and uh, FedEx, it's a, it is spring around here. And don't get too comfy over spring. Although, although we have, we all have stuff blooming. Hyacinths oh, yeah. and, and, and uh, daffodils. Some parts of town have more than others, but it's it was 80 yesterday, and it's going to be up or down, back down to the 30s this weekend. So don't get too into it just yet. Wait a little bit. We're not quite there. The time change is done next weekend, a week from this coming weekend. So maybe by then we'll be into some kind of place where we have more light. Well, that's how this works, and we'll be able to be out and get some more stuff done. Uh, what else have we got? I mentioned Dilbert, the comic strip. When there were newspapers, um, uh, I that's where I would usually go and just bypass the rest of it. 
But Dilbert was always pretty funny and topical and sarcastic and cynical, which I figured that was the approach by the guy that wrote it and draw it, Scott Adams. Uh, Wes is pretty much an expert on this kind of stuff. And Adams, he, he lost it on a live Zoom thing. Is that what it is, Wes? A uh, live stream. He, so he, he does, I guess, regular live streams. I never kept up with that. But, uh, well, so. he was dropped by hundreds of newspapers. Pretty much uh, this, I guess, renders him uh, dead to them. And Dilbert is done. Nah. They have severed their things with him. Uh, they will not publish his upcoming book, or it was upcoming, Reframe Your Brain. That's been dropped. And uh, let's see. What did he say? He encouraged segregation in a shocking rant on YouTube. My assumption was he was being funny. He called black Americans a hate group and suggested that white people should get the hell away from them. Not much funny there. Okay. Nope. Hmm. And he, with any with no ado at all, he was yanked from every newspaper in America. And that is unfortunate. But you can't do that, man. Well, I mean he's he's free to say those things and the newspapers are free to you know, disassociate with him as so everyone did as they can do and yeah it was it's it obviously wasn't a smart thing because he's cut off a lot of his uh, income from that he'll he i imagine I, I imagine he'll yeah, still be fine i imagine he has enough money that he's not going to be out on the street anytime soon and he puts the, the the strip out on the uh web anyway so you could it's still there to be read oh. by anyone who wants to go see it online and uh, he's got ads on his website too for i guess for, he still does and i'm sure if he really wants he can self-publish his uh collections of strips or whatever other books he wants to put together so yeah this i think is a, a reaction not by individuals who maybe didn't take this as seriously as well this was done by corporations you cannot cross that line anymore, and the line is pretty black and white. You cannot say anything offensive about anybody, white, black, Asian. Uh, the, uh, the divisive nature of our lives is so pronounced everywhere, and now it uh, has involved a cartoon strip, for God's sake. Uh, this one continues the ideas of changing how people... Uh, perceive books, and this is one of the things that I think is really bothersome. Um, ro I'm going to have to duck again. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to close this down window. Good Lord. First, um, Rolled Dolls books for children went under the editing pen. Now, Ian Fleming, the author of the James Bond books, his most famous of all characters, James Bond. They're going to be reissued to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the series' first book, Casino Royale. The text will be somewhat different from that found in the first books. After sensitivity readers hired by Ian Fleming Publications, who holds the rights, 
mm-hmm. found racial references that might be offensive to today's readers. The N-word is used in this book. The N-word is used, well, that's why Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer and all those, that's why there are those that frown upon that. Although it was an entirely different time, does that make it okay? I don't know. Uh, There are books by popular authors in the present day that invoke that word um, in dialogue. Maybe in a period piece or a time piece where it looks shocking now, but is it necessary to change the books? Uh, They also change things like uh, a reference to being gay homosexual as a stubborn disability. The sweet tang of rape also gets to stay in. So I guess they aren't changing the uh, the homo Gosh. part. All right. Uh, <laughs> right. The N-word is now changed to black person. But how many books um, from years gone by invoke that word to make a point are to, it's just part of the descriptive nature of what writers do. I heard a quote the other day that I wrote down. As we see people trying to ban books from libraries, we watch what Ron DeSantis, who is a scary, dangerous man, is doing in Florida. And this quote says, the way society treats its books is a harbinger of its fate. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. We are well, playing with things that we... Uh, it's hard to say that we shouldn't do it, but you can't change the history. You can just try to move on and do better from what you've learned from it, I guess. I don't know. Wes, what do you think? Well, yeah, I, I, I think from a marketing standpoint, it's a brilliant move on the... Uh, part of the Ian Fleming estate and right holders, because this way they have the books re-edited for a more contemporary audience who, if they had gone back and read Casino Royale, and they might have just decided to not buy the rest of the books. So it's more appealing or placating to a contemporary reader. And also they can keep the originals as a sort of collector's set edition, the original and charge more for those to the people who are offended (laughs) by the idea of having, you know, re-edited the books. They can go back and pay some more for the, and say, I have the original with all of the language in it. Roald Dahl's books are being in some kind of a compromise. Uh, His, the books that he wrote before the editing process, are being released along with the new ones that are that, that have been edited. Um, for, with words like fat and ugly have been changed <clears throat> to other things. So um, it's a tough time to be a publisher, too, because it's how many other books will be called into this discussion? Because that word uh, was part of the parlance of the day. Right. Was it ever right? Probably not. Was it accepted and argued about? Probably not. But in this present time, it is so verboten to even suggest that word and others like it. But do we need to try to erase the history of 
art. Well, it's I, again. I don't think it's it's not being erased. Obviously, if uh, the doll people are putting out both versions, the sanitized and the original, out at the same time, it's still there. They're just they're they're trying to market to a contemporary audience and be more yeah. appealing to a contemporary audience. Mm -hmm. I don't I, you know, I don't like the idea at all. I I, I yeah, but it's easier to do that. And it's also garners them better, better uh, publicity to do that than it is to have some kind of context warning uh, put along with the book. Well, every kid in a certain level of high school will read To Kill a Mockingbird. It happens mm -hmm. every year. And you watch that book go up the charts every year. Mm -hmm. It is required reading. That book is about racism in the South. And the word is used um, oh, yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. Is somebody going to go back and try to edit that book and make it something else? That one, probably not. I wouldn't, I, just as a guess. Because for one thing, if it's taught in the classroom, that's why you have actual teachers in there to explain the context of the time it was written and what the point of every bit of language in that book was. As and yeah, that's the that that changes the uh, the color. Pardon the pun of uh, of how it's perceived. I think context is the operative word there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what people seem to miss. Everybody wants to you know change everything and you know sanitize everything from you know books especially. Are you going to go back and take all the great works of art from? hundreds of years gone by and airbrush out any nude breast or anything right. that is a, su or, a suggestive thing. Wouldn't be the uh, first okay. time. That's why the genitalia on some uh, some of the angels on the uh, the ceiling of... Christine oh, Chapel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have been you know, painted over. And it happened hundreds of years ago. People have always you know, wanted to do this kind of thing. And they painted a smiley face where the other where the body parts were. That was the best part. <laughs> no. That's not true. Uh, and don't get me started on Ron DeSantis. I um, this guy. It it is. I think we're living in really bad times when one person has the power to to lay his individual ideologies on an entire state on a, a, a company as big as Disney uh, this this guy is is dangerous and he wants to do this to all of America he has a new board at Disney World he has power over Disney and their property at one point the the county they were in was being uh, it, they were facing higher taxation higher taxes that was rescinded to in, to just include Disneyland, not the whole county. And so he has handpicked a new board of people to help to monitor them because Disney pissed him off over the just, or the don't say gay thing in Florida and how they have treated LGBTQ people. It's as if they, they don't understand that the world is this is not 1955 anymore and that things have changed a lot if they watch tv they've probably seen gay couples on tv commercials for big companies 
yet they exist in this world where they prefer that you be white and heterosexual and a man, if possible. Mm -hmm. Anybody else is problematic. This guy has got, um, he's the governor there till 2027 and will likely run for the, the uh, presidency. And he's already getting a buttload of money from contributors to his PACs and all that stuff. I just think that it's it's just frightening. The new board will meet this week, says Big Ron, quoting him, so buckle up. Is it right for one man to have that kind of power and that kind of weight to change an entire state's how they operate and Disney World especially? Or do they deserve to be controlled and told how to do stuff. I it just could, seems to be it's just nuts to me. You just don't hear about governors doing things like that and Philip texted, I'm surprised the mouse hasn't made him disappear. <laughs> <laughs> well it's too public of a figure. He'd have to have an accident. It's just it's so heavy handed and it's not what politicians are supposed to do yeah. to impose well, their will on everybody else. I mean, he he did have a lot of help from the state legislature because they're the ones who had to go through the passing of the law that he signed into into well into law. Maybe the only thing that is a kind of, any sort of you know saving grace is that he won't be there forever. Will he end up being the uh, president? I don't know, because this extreme right insanity is going to ruin um, the grand old party and what it used to be is not what it is now and old mtg is she she manages to make it in the news every day and she is a liability and makes that party appear to be out of control they can't control her and her mouth and the quotes like since biden has been president eight no six billion people have crossed over the border from Mexico. The entire world has 8 <laughs> billion people in it. Oh my God. And 6 billion of those have come over here from Mexico. How dare they? A completely absurd statement. Jeez. But this is the world we're living in now, people, and it's unsettling as heck. And stand by for the elections in Memphis this year, which will have to be addressed. We're going to do some interviewing and uh, podcasting about those issues because like it or not we are in a bad spot in this town with lots of things going on that shouldn't be but they are because they've been neglected for so long and we have to look at the reasons why it's because we don't vote and those that do vote are loud and proud about it and they come out in droves and put these lunatics in office because other folks just don't seem to care. And that's why we have the mess we have now. Locally, statewide, Tennessee proudly, the first state to ban drag shows in public. And what does in public mean? And kids under 10, they're worried about them being exposed to people in drag. Why would they ever be exposed to them in a club? The clubs, the I guess, are right. not. Clubs aren't a part of this. That's not public. That's uh, that's also, the idea. Yeah. It, yeah it, but it also but it also uh, 
uh, drags in, no pun intended, uh, adult um, but topless dancers, go-go dancers, what? Uh, strippers, male or female, um, if, if the law passes. How would any kid under 10 wander into a drag club? Right. Well, the, what they're reacting to are these drag queen story hours where people would dress in drag and go and read books to kids at the library. <laughs> and they think that's just completely horrible. Recruitment to be a drag queen. <sighs> if... Yeah, I know. If, any, uh, if anything, just, in, uh, if anything in popular culture influenced the sexuality of anybody, everyone would be straight. <laughs> because if you grew up in the fifties, sixties, or seventies, what gay culture were you exposed to as growing up? Maybe Paul you, Lind on Bewitched, yeah. but <laughs> but he wasn't a gay character. I mean. If you were grown up, you got it. But if you're watching it as a kid, he's yeah. just a you funny had, uncle. No idea. Right. Right. And the, the the entire cast of that show, by the way, uh, Agnes Moorhead was gay, Paul Lynn was gay, um, Darren Number Two was gay, but no one knew that at the yeah. time. Um, so I guess we need to take Mrs. Doubtfire off of any kind of a list of movies that you could you, you should never watch. Uh, Tootsie, kill that one. Uh, dig up Milton Berle and all the Python members, and 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 have them killed or yeah. or something, if they aren't already dead. Uh, how many actors have performed in drag since? Was it even called in drag then? Uh, I I frankly don't know. But yeah, the bill classifies male and female impersonators as adult cabaret performers. So how good does the impersonation have to be to be an impersonation i mean you know, right if, if i put on a dress, dress and walk out on stage with my hair in pigtails is that a female impersonation and adult oriented i suppose it is well good thing i did that two three years ago then and quit so <laughs> just get your makeup and hair right and you'll you know pass muster the uh funny part of the one with governor bill lee uh there's somebody who found a picture of him in drag from 1977 and brought it up at a press conference yesterday. And he about, uh, he lost his mind, said it was a an absurd question, conflating something that is sexualized entertainment in front of kids is a, is a very serious subject. Yeah, we well, have lost uh, all control of these people. Yes. Oh, my God. The idea that drag is inherently sexual and adult-oriented is, on the face of it, completely ridiculous, because it simply isn't. So I guess no. there won't ever be any kind of, you know, Mardi Gras-type parades here with, with floats that are full of people in drag, and God forbid you ever go to New Orleans with your kids, because they have drag queens and homosexuals and colorful people and artists and... All kind of stuff like that. What a threat this is to humanity. What There's it, nothing else to worry about except drag queens. Right. What does it mean in public, like you said? Like outside? Well, any place what, what, where children could see it. So you can't do a full-on drag event in Shelby Farms. Right. Okay. 
So I, I, I don't know. It's just beyond anything. But there it is. That's, that's your world. Adapt as you may or ignore it. Although it's getting harder and harder to just ignore these people who wield too much power and they are, they're, they're just dangerous is what it is. But remember that quote though, the way society treats its books is a harbinger of its fate. Here's some boys that ain't no damn transsexuals or transvestualites. They rock. This is Velvet Revolver. Although Scott Weiland could have been a nice looking guy in drag. Slither. This is Drake Digital. Text 878-9420. Join in the bitching. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at DrakeCallMemphis.com. Okay. I'll tell you about the justified update in a minute or two here and more about the AI situation which is evolving every day I noticed last night for the first time that on Microsoft they're trying because Bing everybody has their own little version of this and some are more advanced and some keep getting tweaked because of concerns that they are um, a bit not ready for prime time yet uh, the concerns involve their lack of emotion, their lack of reason, and they were programmed by people. So what do you expect? I mean, it, it's <laughs> well, just, it's just kind of a, it's this, these stories are all over the place and nobody has an answer yet on the completed process. Well, or will it ever be complete? Do you have to add onto this all the time and, in, and ingest, infuse this thing with more yeah. memory and smartness or what well it's it's going to just the idea behind the artificial intelligence is it learns on its own so at uh, some point it's going to surpass whatever the programmers can do to it short of pulling the plug i guess and maybe that'd be too late for that but that's what it does i mean it, it's really just a text or speech prediction engine that goes through the internet to find the most appropriate thing to say next but it learns on its own by what people put in it to begin with, right? Well, no. The, the what it does is it goes and looks for right. information it related to the, yeah. the query, mm -hmm. the queries that are put to it. the The programming for the AI is the programming for it to be able to understand a question and then go and find an answer. Okay. Well, uh, in a minute, Wes has something. Um. I don't understand how this will work either. Uh, AI comments on some classic albums in one sentence. Oh, how can this thing that is programmed by people have an answer to emotional things like music? We'll find out here in a minute. I don't mm -hmm. know how this works. First, let's just play some of this uh, or talk about some of this these funny tweets. There are people that are not kid people. Don't like them, don't want them, don't need them. There are people, bad people, that don't like pets. Now, as you as you know, that you know, most of us are obsessed with our animals, and my wife is involved uh, endlessly with helping people, you know, find their dogs and lost lost animals, and we have our own little zoo here. And Sid has her animals, Wes has his his animals. We've all adopted animals, and 
because uh, we're animal people and always have been. And some folks, though, just don't need the fuss, the muss, and all that. But I would take animals over most people any day of the week. But some people just don't get it. And some of the tweets here relay their dismay uh, about pet people and their pets. Allison says, people are always mad at me for not liking their dog enough. Sorry, he has not said, said anything interesting at all so far. <laughs> um, what the pet person says. Hi, welcome to my home. These are my kittens, Fluffy and Muffy, and my dog, Rover. What the non-pet person hears. Hi, welcome, my home. Every visible surface has had an animal's naked ass pressed on it. <laughs> which is not uh, untrue not either. Uh, in case this is helpful to other non-pet people who are pet sitting the cat this summer, it doesn't help to Google cats. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, I'm patting a dog on the head, pretending to be a dog person. Yes. Okay. You're a dog. Yes. That's all he says. Um, let's see here. Some of these were really funny. Boy, pet stores don't like it when you ask them, what is the most tasty animal you sell here? Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was from the comic Jim Gaffigan. Uh, let's see. Let me skip some of these. They're dumb. Uh, no, I'm not doing that one. Not that one. Come on, cursor. Um, let's see. Okay, if people can can think of, of of animals as their friends, it shouldn't be that weird to have animals that you consider your enemies. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, that is true. Don't feed the animals. They like it too much. <laughs> that is, these are pet, pe pet people that aren't pet people. Uh, does everyone, this is from a non-pet person on the planet, Need to know how much you love your pets. Pet people's response, the public has a right to know in all caps. <laughs> um, let's see here. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Answer, neither actually. Do you hate animals? No, I don't. Wait, did you pet Neil's dog the other day? I did. So you're a dog person? Nope. How can you pet a dog if you don't love them? By moving my hand over its fur. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then walk away. Everybody's the wisest. Uh, let's see here. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Answer, neither. I'm a, I'm a raccoon person. <laughs> Big respect for my garbage burglar, trash bandit, tiny thief. <laughs> and that is the truth. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Um... The irony here, a picture of a little kitty on its back, looking cute. I'm not even that much of a pet person. I'm just keeping up a facade. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's see. Never been a pet person or got why people have this pet culture. But I pet sit a cat who slept next to me every night and now she's gone. And nothing is the same. Mm. So that 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 will change your 
Change your mind. And the last one from a guy named Felon Musk. <laughs> That's his <laughs> name right. on Twitter. I honestly don't get pet owners' comfort level with their proximity to animals' buttholes. <laughs> you have to be, uh, what's the word? Pa- not patient. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Neither. Fuck all them creatures equally. <laughs> That's from some dill hole named Ozymandias is too fly. <laughs> but I like the name. You're a dipshit. That's what you are. Okay. Let's look at these. this AI review of albums. See, here's one of the things I just don't get. How can you input enough knowledge in that thing to have it analyze music? That's different than putting in any kind of information in their head. Well, well, the way I imagine this works is they ask the question, Noise Creep did this, they ask the question to a chatbot, and I suspect the software, the programming of the chatbot, went and scoured reviews of each album and then picked the words that showed up the most uh, and then put those into a cohesive sentence. Okay. So, that that's yeah. how I'm, I'm I'm imagining this stuff works. So it's not really an honest emotional reaction. It is what they gleaned from other sources. There you go. So how legitimate can it be if they're borrowing other people's thoughts? As as legitimate as anyone else who rips off other people. But people have opinions about music. You do. Sid does. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. They're from my own brain, not from somebody somebody else's thoughts. It's my reaction to it. Right. I don't pick and choose what others think to form my opinion. It's my opinion. This mm-hmm. thing is drawing from other sources to make an opinion. There you go. Which is not honest or real. Well, it's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe, Drake Hall, you are finally figuring out the secret behind AI. <laughs> yes. Which is why I'm starting to think it's like I don't know. It just doesn't. It, it, I, I, I don't know. They have a long way to go to convince yes. me that this is, this, this is helpful. But this is what it said about a couple of classic albums. Right. They they go asked it. it to review it. Tell it why. Tell us why the, these albums are so great in one sentence. So they already set parameters. They told the AI to presume that the album is great. Okay. In the question oh, and oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it for Led Zeppelin 4, it came back with iconic riffs, timeless lyrics, unparalleled musical chemistry, and experimentation. For A the little first, bland and generic. Yeah, yeah okay. Probably on for the first Van Halen album, the AI said it was explosive, virtuosic, and groundbreaking hard rock debut with Eddie's wizardry. <laughs> so obviously hand-picked quotes from other sources. Or it, it took... Or it went and said uh, and found, say, 50 reviews of Van Halen's first album yeah. and found a lot of people use those words, explosive, groundbreaking. Uh, it was a hard rock debut and talked about Eddie's wizardry with the guitar. And it picked the, picked the words that showed up a whole lot and then put them together in a sentence instead and of just never like going heard, to one source and grabbing, grabbing a but sentence. But it never heard eruption. So this right. is bullshit. True. All right, go ahead. <laughs> 
for Appetite for Destruction, the AI said it was raw, powerful, and honest rock music that transcends time. And the guy stole Jim Dandy's voice. <laughs> for Dr. Feelgood, it said sleek, catchy, and hard-hitting rock with mass appeal. Boring. Pearl Jam's 10, the AI reviewed it as authentic, introspective, and timeless grunge rock that inspired many. Um, boy, the pattern here is so predictable. Yes, see? Yeah. For, uh, for Nirvana's Nevermind, the AI reviewed it as game-changing, angst-ridden, and melodic alternative rock that defined a generation. Well, this sucks. It, yeah, so <laughs> you're seeing the pattern. Ideas. It's, it's, three, yeah, it, it's yeah. three descriptions, you know, word, comma, word, comma, and, you know, final description with this touch. Mm -hmm. For virtually every sentence... AI is going to take over people in the next decade. You're just not living in the real world. They have a lot of work to do with this thing. Do a few more because this is this is stupid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is stupid. I want more. Radiohead's the bins. It said melancholic, introspective, and masterful alternative rock with Radiohead's brilliance. Uh, Soundgarden, super unknown. The AI reviewed as. Innovative, heavy, and haunting grunge masterpiece with timeless appeal. Mm -hmm. There's Pantera's Cowboys from Hell is described as groundbreaking, powerful, and groove-heavy metal with Pantera's signature sound. True. <laughs> it's Wikipedia. so stupid. Alice in Chains' Dirt, the AI reviewed as grim, introspective, and emotional grunge opus that endures with time. Okay, we got it. Yeah. Now, how would they? So they you, you, you just take any concept: television shows, movies, paintings. You turn it loose on those, and you get the same response. They will pick and choose from various reviews and give their answer. Right. And so this is this, so I don't get all this whoop de do about it's going to replace everything. They're missing the point. But this well, it's it's also unsettling that. Microsoft's Bing is trying to force this on you to use it. I don't like. Oh yeah, that. yeah. It's the uh, the thing about it. Uh, it is. It's just a a prediction engine for what should be the next thing it should say, and it goes to various sources right. to to find answers. To yeah, eventually, I can see AI learning or being exposed by its programmers to like thesis after thesis after thesis of music history, music theory, uh, reviews, and more information about music to have it go and make it, listen to something and see what it uh, comes up with as a review for that. But for now, you know, it's still putting these sentences together, which are, as you observed, predictable in their, uh, just in their syntax. But if they had asked it to write a paragraph or a five-paragraph essay about each one, it would have done that, too. And that's what people are worried about because it can yeah. do that. And that is still a readable essay about it. And it's something that if you were a writer, you could have that do. And then you just do some edits and tweaks. And you know, who actually wrote this thing? Again, it's yeah. cheating. It's yeah. cheating. The, and I guess one of their selling points or whatever is it can call information from all these sources at one time as opposed to me going alexa send get uh tell me a the best recipe for potato soup and it goes to one place and it gives you that recipe you know 
Right. This can do, uh, this can, this gets info from tons at a time. And yes, and then it re regurgitates. So yeah, it is cheating. And I it's bet you. It's just one more step towards making us and the world around us entirely helpless. We want to be, we want everything done for us by something else. Bring me food to my house. Bring booze. Um, give me the answers because I don't want to think. I want to ask a robot what the answer is. And then emulate that if, if I but if I believe it and buy into it, I'm and not. Bet, I'm not buying into it yet. I bet poor teachers are going to have a time with this. They've already got enough troubles. I know. <laughs> Why even teach math? <laughs> Kids have a thing on their phone to do all the work for them. Why bother? Why bother with any of this? It's all on your phone or on Google. <laughs> Cheat, 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 and grow up empty-headed with no emotion and no sense. Okay, good times. Uh, here is a song off the White Album uh, that has, uh, this is John Lennon's. Is this the one that I heard some lyrics I had never heard before? With the, he mentions uh, Strawberry Fields, The mm -hmm. Walrus Was Paul. Yeah. Does he mention in this one Lady Madonna, which is kind of, he mumbles it. Either way, sure. the White Album, it wasn't called that. It was just called The Beatles. And like other albums, they, it was named that by the public. Another clue for you all, The Walrus was Paul, The Beatles, Glass Onion on Drake Digital. Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com some, some new podcasts coming up. Uh, Wes's begins this weekend. Geeks on Geekdom. He will explain to you how this, uh, what he's doing. We'll discuss that later on this week. Uh, my first music cast was uh, yesterday. It was songs about dogs. We're going to find some times to replay that too. And um, and a lawyer bills is coming up. He's he's moving offices and going crazy with that and trying to get his uh, his stuff done. So that's coming up. And uh, Shaflin and I are going to do some discussing and podcasting about the forthcoming election in Memphis, which is already getting some media coverage. A new poll was done by the Memphian, which is pretty interesting, considering all the moving parts of government in Memphis and Shelby County. The issues that face this city are many and varied. Uh, crime, obviously, uh, on top of that list. And what are the answers? Who's qualified to be the mayor of Memphis? And seeing as how it's a, a non-partisan non election, there's no primary. So one person with the biggest vote percentage might not be who you want it to be, but they'll be the mayor. And a lot of this has to do with their name, and if you know it or not. And one of those names is Willie Harrington, which makes many people really nervous. But on a ballot in, in that city, this city, that might be the go-to. Or there's, you know, Floyd Bonner, who is the sheriff, lifetime in law enforcement. Is he the guy? And there are 11 now total that are have tossed their hat in the ring, plus a new city council. So these things may, you may find them boring, but you shouldn't 
Considering all the things that this city faces, we should be paying attention to what the hell's going on and understand the importance of voting. Although uh, politics at this current time in our lives is so ugly and distressing, it's hard to get it up to um, uh, take this seriously. But it's about time we did because we got here because no one's paying attention and not voting. And these lunatics get in office and you see what kind of stuff is happening. It's insanity. It all begins locally, kids, and goes statewide and then goes national. And it begins right here. And you can talk about this stuff till the cows come home. And some folks turn a deaf ear. Things are in trouble uh, in the city, in the state, in the, in the national government. The federal government is a mess, too. And I, I found it, uh, this, this, I could look this up. I didn't take the time to do it, but I heard somebody on a newscast or somewhere, and this was not just some, you know, tossed away line, that 40% of Americans are not ours, are not D's, they're independent. 40%, making it about 30-30 for the R's and the D's. So the independent vote is critical in this nation and around here it's democratic heavily in the state it's the exact opposite which presents its own kind of problems so we will dive into that in the next few weeks in the meantime on the positive side Memphis and May's Beale Street Music Festival is back in Tombley Park for the first time in four years believe it or not Four years in a park that has been altered, is being remade, rebuilt, and it'll be smaller um, by a great deal. However, there will still be three stages, and the blues events will be in Handy Park on Beale Street. So this was announced yesterday after months and months of haggling and negotiation, which we'll get into with our friend Jim Holt. Memphis and May's CEO with a podcast with him this week to look at, uh, well, where they are and where this is going. For the meantime, it is May 5th through 7th in Tom Lee Park, where it's always been, except for last year at the fairgrounds, which didn't really go well because there were COVID issues and there were uh, just issues in general, which made for some decent shows, but some internal problems with parking and getting there and then what happened when you got there. So uh, this year the lineup is very versatile. Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, 311, The Lumineers, Live, Earth, Wind & Fire, Young the Giant, one of the great new bands of the past decade, The Roots, Government Mule, The Toadies, Ziggy Marley, and on and on and on. Ticket info is available at the link on our Facebook page at the MIM site. And the park being a lot smaller this year is going to pretty much guarantee that every night sells out. If you're into this, and many people are, and have been buying tickets since December, you ought to get these tickets pretty quick. Get, get your passes or yeah. your one-day pass. Um, I would say, you know, now before it's sold out because uh, the list will draw a ton of people for various reasons 
Um, and uh, it's it'll be fun to have it back back down there in oh, Tomley so, Park. So good, yeah. Where it goes from this year is a question mark. Let's focus on this year and see where this goes from here. But it's been a a challenge for uh, a number of people on both sides of this discussion. But let's just go for the positive approach to enjoy the show and go see it in Tomley Park while you can. It may not be there forever. Uh, barbecue is also coming up and is pretty much, I understand, almost sold out of teams and, and spots on there. So once again, you can go to the, our Facebook page and see the entire lineup and the link to buy tickets. You can buy them online and get all of that under your belt because it's coming up faster than you think. Let's see. Uh, where, what, I got a bunch of other nonsense here. Oh, right. I mean, Justified. Uh, one of the TV shows, I believe, that in the past decade or let's say the past uh, 20 years, the top shows in the minds of a ton of us, one was The uh, Sopranos, which changed television again, like Hill Street Blues may have changed hour-long dramas back in the 80s. NYPD Blue upped the game in the 90s, and The Sopranos on HBO changed it forever. And that's, that. I can't believe how long, that, that show was on in, was it 91? No. It was a long time ago, I'll tell you that. And uh, Justified, to me, is in that conversation for the quality of that work. And uh, Tim Oliphant and the entire cast Six seasons, I guess, of this great show on FX. And it went away, and they decided to revive it and bring it back. And that's been announced over a year ago. So Oliphant uh, is back. Raylan Givens lives again. The Smoldering Gunslinger, it says here. It was done before in Kentucky, in Harlan County, a real place. Which my dad tells me that back in the 30s, even, in that state... Uh, it was called a Harlan Hell. It was a uh, a smoldering pit of crime and bootlegging. It was a mess even then. In the series that was just there, it was about drugs and criminals and crime. One season was shot down in uh, Florida mainly. This one is in Detroit. And it is based upon, as the first one was, a novel by Elmore Leonard. The first one was done uh, uh, based around a, a, a short story called Fire in the Hole. Uh, Graham Yost is back as the creator, the main writer. Um, it's based upon City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit, a novel by Elmore Leonard. And so all we know is that Raylan is back for sure. There is not any kind of a trailer or any scenes released yet. The cast is also up in the air. The majority of it is new actors and new characters. And no word yet uh, about Boyd Crowder or Jerry Burns. They were Wynn Duffy. Uh, he was one big character. Not confirmed if they're back or not. So... If it's in Detroit, how could they be involved if they're in Kentucky? That is the 
big question now. Uh, is it only for one season? <clears throat> the plot is... Uh, it begins 10 years after the series ended originally. After a bit in Miami raising his daughter, played by Oliphant's real-life kid, he is a U.S. Marshal still. He ends up in Detroit to take down a criminal, Clement Manzel, played by a guy named Boyd Holbrook. It's a three-hander, it says here, about, um, uh, about Raylan and the criminal, and the third character uh, is a woman attorney. So that's all we know, but it is being shot now. They're shooting it in a really bad part of Detroit. And Oliphant, on a podcast, relayed the story about, and we had this some months ago, they were shooting in, a, in this awful part of town at night. And there was a, a shootout, a real-life one, in the middle of it. They were shooting it in uh, Chicago, the south side, in a very, very bad place. And Oliphant says he recalls hearing a series of gunshots from a nearby park. He says it was the scariest thing. It went on forever. He heard three cars drive by, and they ignored all the uh, production uh, trucks and tents and, and the uh, barricades. And there was endless machine gun fire from these cars at each other as they're trying to shoot this scene on the streets. Gosh. So everybody was down on their you know faces on the, uh -huh. on the pavement. And mm. he said it was very scary. Anyway, that's the only update we have. It is the release date is tentatively this summer on FX. So more on that as it comes along. So we will see about that. Someone just texted about it and says when Duffy was part of the Detroit Mafia, so he could certainly be a part of the cast. That's a good point. Yep. Because, yeah, because... Um, the guy that played his boss, that dude with the white hair, with, who was a scary guy. The Detroit Mafia was a part of that. Because they came to Harlan County to sell drugs, as I remember. So that should be something, too. Um, Pink's album, Trustfall. We played some of this last week. It is just an incredible record. And it came on the charts really at a hot place. Right, Wes? Yes, number one. Hard to get much hotter than that. And it is her 10th consecutive and uh, top 10 charting album uh, that she's got. Wow. But it's, yeah, it's the third time she's gotten uh, at number one on Billboard's uh, top album sales. And it sold, it says, 59,000 copies in the U.S. the first week it came out. Which doesn't sound like very much compared to the well days gone by. Well, no, but there's a lot of other ways to get music now, so. Uh, yeah, and the album is really, it's... It really it, is it, good. It's it's it is just fantastic. It's not really upbeat. It's a melancholy kind of record because she lost her father and her friend, and um, some of the songs are very touching. And there are a few a few that, that, uh, that, 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 that do rock. But she is gearing up for a big world tour, and her tours are one of the most exciting things on the road. If you ever have seen, I guess it's Amazon Prime, has a few documentaries on her. The first one was a live concert. 
And as a kid, she was a, a gymnast and learned the acrobatic skills that uh, she put to use in her concerts on the high wires and all the stuff she was doing and flying over the crowd. And so she has gotten back in shape to do all of that. And this, this show uh, promises to be one of those unforgettable nights. She's a very impressive uh, human being and a great artist, too. And we're going to play some more of, of, of her tunes as we go by. But she's something else. The album number one, and there'll be, I'm guessing, many hit singles from it. But uh, it's a good one. So listen to that. Uh, the Foo Fighters. What is, they have a pinball machine coming out. What are they, Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, the Foo Fighters themed pinball machine on the way from Stern uh, Pinball, who have made a lot of Why? pinball machines for a lot of bands. And the there's a teaser video out for this that the, the story describes in detail. But if you want to go see it, you go see it. But yeah, this this people have made pinball machines for Guns N' Roses, for Iron Maiden, for Zeppelin, ACDC, The Stones, and there was a Rush pinball machine that they made that uh, it says took home five trophies at the annual pinball awards. And in other news, there's <laughs> annual pinball awards. So there's there's no release date for the Foo Fighters pinball machine. One thing that is nice is that uh, Taylor Hawkins is a part of the you know, artwork and presentation of it. So that's cool. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, any text from our faithful out there, Sydney? Eight seven eight nine four two zero, which can include those for Bill, lawyer Bill on Thursday. Definitely. Jenny says in regard to Beale Street Music Fest, the lineup is good. Lots of bands that I want to see. The three day pass alone is worth seeing Bob, as in Plant, and I completely agree, Jenny. What Polly, else? Polly says he loved your. Drake's music cast between the grooves about dogs. He says there are oh, so many. Yeah. yeah. He says there are so many songs. I was wishfully hoping for a Frank Zappa tune like Nanook Rubs It, the Yellow Snow song, Dog Breath, or even Poodle Lecture. I know it won't happen, but I'll keep asking. Or Stinkfoot because Fido is so well trained. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Polly. Yeah, um, we're going to, we'll air that again this week. And um, what's today, Tuesday? Yeah, we'll find some more spots to pop that on this week. Don't worry. And the, Wes has his coming up, too, and Lawyer Bill does, too, so all of them on the way. On the talk about drag shows, Stephanie says, what about the Miss Piggy contest at Memphis and May Barbecue? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they dress These up. These narrow-minded morons. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. John says, hey, all, talking about DeSantis and Disney and drag queens, like Drake said, have to wonder what is really important. There are children going hungry every day in one of the most affluent countries in the world. Crime is out of control in most major cities. We are not taking care of our elderly, our veterans, our mentally handicapped or distressed. But God forbid a man puts on lipstick and reads books to children. But it's not even that specifically. It's often religious dogma that gets in the way of actually helping people. I know of several churches that are helping people on a real and relevant way. I think it's funny that a certain religion in America is worried about, quote, the gay agenda of pushing their beliefs on us, whoever us is. But that particular religion sees no problem with pushing their agenda on everyone. As always, thank you for the good, relevant, and fun content on your show, says John. That's very well said, John. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I just find it, um, it's equal parts um, a clown show, but it's also scary and dangerous at the power that the, that 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 you know one 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 guy or one woman can can uh, 
set the ground rules and the barriers and the boundaries of an entire state and impose their will and their ideology on everybody in a state, that's, that's frightening. And ban books and ban individual people from doing what they think is, you know, their right and their life. It's, they're just abusing the power and the structure of how this entire foundation was built. This isn't about one damn governor or one idiot broad in, in the Congress. It's, it's scary. Not all these people are nuts, but there's a great wad of them that are, and it we've gotten here because we're not paying attention. These people are not doing anything to fix the aforementioned things that he just ran down. Don't don't forget infrastructure. What's happening underneath American cities and this train situation and that mess and the lies and falsehoods around that situation. People don't understand how this works. Not us, the average American. The politicians who are in the offices don't understand uh, that some of these agencies are not part This entire story about East Palestine in Ohio is one example of how they, they don't get it. The Department of Transportation is one thing. The NTSB is not part of that department, nor is the EPA. And the accusations that Biden and Buttigieg didn't do anything, um, well, th within five hours of that horrible train crash, there were engineers and people on the ground in East Palestine trying to help and trying to find out what the... The EPA had nine engineers there in 24 hours. You have to understand the pieces of government and how they work. And one department doesn't encompass all of it. That's what people miss. And so these 18 extreme right-wing people who don't know how this works have cranked up an entire investigation because they would rather investigate somebody just to get back at somebody for their, you know, rash of investigations. In lieu of knowing what they're doing and having their time spent on fixing the problems. They're pissing away all their time and your tax money on a pointless investigation. They want documents. They want papers. They don't seem to understand the NTSB is not part of the overall department. It was left independent for a reason. And Buttigieg isn't over that. That's not his gig. That's somebody else's gig. But to read how this is being played out by these 18 members of the Senate um, is just terrifying. They don't care about the rules or the structure of the government. They just want to investigate somebody and make it worse and waste time. That's just one, one, one example, and it's that's why we've got to wake up to who we're putting in these offices by not voting. Our but just you got to pay attention. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And done in Jackson, in this state, it's there's it's it's going bonkers down there. The proposal to have 
because that city is 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 a heavily black, and the water issue there is not yet fixed. It's still, uh, still a complete mess, and a proposal now by somebody. I skipped this last week for fear I would get too wound up in it and too irate and rant about things. There's a, a, a proposal on the table. There's a certain part of Jackson, Mississippi, that is um, mainly white. And the concept, the idea that was put on the table was to have a different court, uh, a different set of rules for white people than there were for black people. And I thought, you got to be shitting me. What? That they're going to uh, try to impose and separate judicial... Uh, you know, goings on, the white folks have their court of law and the black folks have a different one. What? What, what could hell? possibly go wrong? What the hell year is this? <laughs> it's over race, it's over gender, it's over whatever. Something new every day, but um, you either ignore it and carry on because life is hard enough just to deal with your own shit every day. And then you watch these clowns in action, and it either you just you know block it out and ignore it like it's not there, which most people do, or you get worked up over it and wonder how can I fix this, or how can I somehow just just be a a contributor to a solution. But then it feels like you're alone out there in the world by yourself, and you can't do a thing about it. But that's why we have elections. Mm-hmm. That's why we're in this mess. We've let them run amok for a long time. And now we're in trouble. And what are you going to do? So what should we play next, Wes? I forgot. Uh, Elton? We're yeah, we're set up with Elton. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Here's Elton John on Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Okie dokie. Uh, again, the Memphis and May Beale Street Music Festival announced yesterday with um, a diverse lineup, to say the very least. A lot of things that you may not know. Uh, many of you know these bands. Um, some I do, some I do not. Some are younger bands, some are urban hip-hop R&B flavor and there's Robert Plant and Alison Krauss I'm gonna find um, a few they do a couple of tunes together that were Zeppelin songs mm -hmm. Battle of Evermore is one of them and it's just great and they do uh, reworked versions of some of their tunes and um, their voices are just remarkable together uh, Lumineers are a great band who've been around for a long time and Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of the great, you know, soul bands, R&B so you know, bands of all time. And you got Government Mule and 311, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, the Toadies. Uh, the question we'll have to answer uh, from our friend Jim Holt when we do a special podcast with him this week. Somebody asked, and it's a, a valid question, when you're buying tickets for this thing, is there a separate ticket for the Handy Park area where the blues bands will be the former oh, yeah. blues tent is now handy park and uh, down there on uh, beale street so that was a a fair question to ask but um 
you know, once again, without, you know, being all hypey and stuff, I'm telling you that this park, uh, with all this, uh, this stuff happening down there, uh, is all it's, it has been, it is a lot smaller. So that means that the capacity will not be what it used to be, which was about 55,000. It's about half that now. Uh, and so tickets to be sold will be a limited uh, amount and, they'll be, and they and they went on sale in December and people buy these things from all you know all I mean from almost uh, every state in America and many countries outside of this one so no kidding if you want to go to this this concert on any day or the entire event you should get these tickets and get them pretty quickly because they're going to be gone and when they're gone, they're gone. And there's just, you know, so much room down there. But it is Tom Lee Park, first time in four years. And it Yay. should be a lot of fun for those that wish to attend. And uh, it's a, uh, it is a three-day affair, first time in four years. And I don't know if it'll happen there again. It's um, a lot of moving parts to this political situation, uh, downtown Memphis and how it works. Uh, it's, it's a long story, but at least it's there. The lease I presume is, uh, has been settled. And so I, uh, uh, I'm always asked to offer my thoughts on ideas for bands. And I've worked with these people, my friend Jim Holt for, uh, for 30 years. And, uh, so I offer up some suggestions on some, on, you know, some, some holes to fill and some bands to bring in. And I, uh, brought up this band to, uh, to Jim about a month ago and they booked them and there's a lot of new bands out there that sound similar uh, as discussed before um, a number of these bands sound influenced by either U2 or Coldplay and there's a ton of them and um, they just have kind of a similar sound and uh, they evolve in their own little fashion and they influence somebody else this band though the songs I've heard from them, I, I didn't always know who they were. I thought, man, what a great, great sounding band. They're called a Young the Giant, and they've had some hits. And we're going to play you two of their songs now. The The current one um, that we're playing, what's it called again, Wes? It's called The Walk Home. The Walk, it's just a really good sounding record. And we're going to follow that up with um, one of their hits from a few years ago, too. Uh, so here they are. Here's a couple of tunes from one of the bands playing Beale Street Music Fest. Uh, tickets available. The entire lineup and links to the ticket buying area are on our Facebook page. So get on it, get them, and uh, enjoy these tunes. These band, This is a really good band. Young the Giant. This is Drake Digital. <laughs> 